T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, all three engines up and burning, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff, the final liftoff of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle. Hi, I'm Carl, and welcome along to Into Space, here on TRTE Radio. Coming up on today's show, we'll be learning even more about space exploration and about one of the most exciting inventions ever created to help humans explore space, the rocket. Asteroids, the centre of many blockbuster movies. But what are they? And are they as dangerous as Hollywood makes them out to be? We'll find out all there is to know. But first, if we were to look at a map of space, we would find Earth as part of the solar system. Just like we call planet Earth our home, the solar system is what planet Earth would call its home. Does anyone remember last week when we used a really simple trick to remember all the other planets in the solar system? My very educated mother just served us nachos. It was my for Mercury, very for Venus, educated for Earth, mother for Mars, just for Jupiter, served for Saturn, us for Uranus, and Nachos for Neptune. Well, all these other planets are like Earth's neighbours. So this is the perfect time to learn more about those neighbours with the Into Space Guide to Space. Okay, so first up is the sun. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love when it's sunny out and I can go to the park and play football or go swimming with my mates. Well, when you hear this, you're going to love the sun even more. The sun is actually something that is so important that without it, humans simply wouldn't exist. Yep, it's pretty much one of the most important things in the solar system to Earth. You could kind of call the sun Earth's best friend. It's basically an absolutely huge burning ball of fire. And thankfully for us, the Earth is just the perfect distance from the Sun so that the heat given from it is neither too hot to burn us all up or too cold so that life just wouldn't be supported. Moving away from the Sun, next in line is Mercury. This would be a very harsh place to be and pretty much impossible to survive on. That's because it's a world of absolute extremes. I say this because the side of the planet facing the Sun burns at a ferocious 465 degrees. That's hotter than your oven at home. Whereas the side facing away from the sun is absolutely freezing, minus 184 degrees, way colder than even the coldest places on Earth. After Mercury comes Venus. Like Mercury, this is a very, very hostile planet, meaning it would be impossible to live here. To begin with, Venus is extremely hot, with an average temperature of 450 degrees. Its atmosphere is extremely thick, which makes it impossible to see the surface of Venus from outside. If we were to take a trip to Venus and break through this thick, cloudy atmosphere, we would find in many ways that it's actually quite similar to Earth. On its surface, we would find grey valleys, mountains and volcanoes. It's also almost the same size as Earth, and many scientists call it our sister planet. Then comes planet Earth, our home. 
Earth can be described as an oasis of life in an otherwise desolate universe. This term means that it's the only place that scientists know that has the perfect conditions to support life. Our temperature, weather, atmosphere and many other factors are just perfect to keep us all alive. We are also the first planet in the solar system with a moon. As we learned last week, the moon is also really important to keep the Earth as a place where life can thrive. Next up comes the red planet, Mars. We call it the red planet because, well, it's red. The surface of Mars gets its colour from lots of iron, which makes it appear a rusty red when we look at it. It's also a planet that really excites scientists, because if life were to exist on another planet, it would most likely exist on Mars. There is even evidence which suggests that Mars once had rivers, lakes and even an ocean. So it's possible that millions of years ago, Mars was actually quite similar to Earth. However, today, almost all of Mars's atmosphere has disappeared, meaning that all the water evaporated away. Mars also has two moons. We'll be learning more about Mars and how incredible it is later in the series. Make sure to tune in next week for the Interspace Guide to Space, where we'll find out about the other four planets in our solar system. Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus and Neptune. Okay, so that's the first four planets in our solar system. But there's also a lot of other stuff out there too. All the other stuff in our solar system that is too small to be called a planet is sometimes known as space debris. Some of the space debris that has struck huge fear in humans for many years are asteroids. Okay, so what are asteroids? And what is there to be afraid of with them? Well, to begin with, asteroids are basically what is left from a huge explosion that happened about 4.5 billion years ago. It was this explosion that scientists believe may have created the universe. Today, they refer to this explosion as the Big Bang. So all the bits that were left over from the Big Bang and didn't become planets or moons or stuff like that are sometimes known as asteroids. They're basically bits of rock of different sizes floating through space. Some of them are very small and some of them are huge. The biggest one that scientists know of is over 900 kilometers wide, way bigger than Ireland. And it's huge asteroids like this that people are sometimes afraid of. If a really big one were to come in contact with planet Earth, it could be absolutely disastrous. Scientists believe, in fact, that it was a huge asteroid that hit the Earth 65 million years ago that killed off all the dinosaurs. Okay, so we've established that we really, really don't want a big asteroid to hit the Earth. Well, the really, really good news is that it's really, 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 really unlikely. Whew, I'm glad to hear that. You see, most asteroids are contained in the solar system in what is called the asteroid belt. This belt lies millions and millions of miles away between Mars and Jupiter. Whilst there are millions of asteroids in the belt, most of them are really small. In fact, if you put all the asteroids together, they wouldn't even be as big as the moon. And another great fact to put our minds at rest 
is that because of pieces of technology, like the Hubble telescope, which we heard about last week, scientists know almost all of the really big asteroids in the solar system. And none of them, thankfully, pose a threat to planet Earth. The reality about asteroids is that eventually another really big one will hit the Earth again. But this generally only happens every 100 million years. So it's something we certainly don't need to worry about. Okay, so that's all the scary stuff out of the way. I know I feel a lot better having heard all of that. And the news about asteroids only gets better because when the small ones come in contact with the Earth, which they do every single day, it can be absolutely amazing. So has anyone here ever been looking up into the night sky and seeing a shooting star rush across the sky in a brilliant streak of light? Well, the truth is that this actually isn't a star at all. It's actually a small asteroid that has entered the Earth's atmosphere. The light produced by it is caused by a piece of rock burning up under the immense speed that it enters the Earth's atmosphere. This causes the rock to start to glow red hot. It gets hotter and hotter until it lights up the night sky and eventually burns up. Sometimes a small piece of this rock will actually make its way all the way through the atmosphere. When it reaches the ground, it's called a meteorite. These are extremely rare and can be worth a lot to scientists. The best time to have a lookout for a shooting star is when there is a meteor shower. These happen every year and can produce an amazing light show in the sky. Make sure to keep an ear out on the news because scientists and astronomers are always so excited about them that they just can't keep it to themselves. Next time you hear about one happening, remember to keep your eye on the sky because asteroids are definitely not something we should be frightened of. They're absolutely amazing. We've just heard about what else is out there in the solar system and the equipment used by scientists to learn all there is to know about them. And now it's time to learn about one of the most exciting inventions used to help humans investigate outside the Earth's atmosphere. That is, of course, the rocket. 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Go for main engine start. Main engine start. 2, 1, booster ignition and liftoff of the Space Shuttle Discovery, returning to the space station, paving the way for future missions beyond. The most basic thing we need to know about a rocket is that it needs to have lots and lots of power. A rocket's engines need to be powerful enough so that they can lift the weight of the rocket and all the fuel on board and overcome the force of gravity on Earth. Remember last week when we spoke about gravity? It's the force that pulls everything towards the Earth and stops us all floating away into space. Discovery's three liquid fuel main engines now throttle back to 67% of rated performance, reducing the stress on the shuttle as it breaks through the sound barrier. Okay, so here's the really sciencey bit. Rocket engines work on what is called Newton's principle, which says that for every action, 
there is an equal and opposite reaction. Okay, so what does that actually mean? Well, when a rocket burns fuel, it is basically throwing the fuel downwards. So this is the action. And this is also known as thrust. So the reaction to thrust being created is that the rocket starts to move upwards and break through the pull of Earth's gravity. There's a really easy way to demonstrate the effect of Newton's law and how the thrust from the engines on a rocket work. All you need is a balloon. So if you blow up the balloon and let go when it's full, the air comes out of the balloon one way and the balloon itself goes another. So the air coming out one end of the balloon, which is the action, creates thrust and causes the balloon to move about, also known as the reaction. If you have a balloon, give this a try. It's a really, really easy way to demonstrate Newton's principle. And I suppose is basically just a really simple homemade rocket. Okay, where was he? Yeah, yeah, rockets. The first rockets were very basic and didn't even manage to have enough power to leave Earth's atmosphere and enter orbit. However, in the 1940s, better technologies meant that we could build rockets big and powerful enough to reach outer space. Before humans could ever travel into space, however, scientists used animals as a way to tell whether humans would ever survive a journey up and out into orbit. The most famous of these was a dog called Laika, who went to space in 1957. Her mission was really important to scientists because she helped them understand what was involved with getting to space and how an astronaut's body would react when they went there. So basically, I suppose you could say one of the first astronauts ever was a dog. Soon after this, what was known as the space race began, which was a time where Russia and America basically raced each other to see who could build the best rockets and explore space the best. The Russians won the first race when they got the first man into space. His name was Yuri Gagarin. Soon after Yuri, we had the first woman into space. She was also Russian and was known as cosmonaut Valentina Tereshkova. However, it was the Americans who won the next really big race, which was to land and get someone to walk on the moon, something we heard about last week. Incredibly, on this mission, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin flew 250,000 miles to the moon, walked about, got back on board the lunar module, and flew 250,000 miles back again. Wow. So once man had walked on the moon, the space race cooled off a bit and people began to focus on just how expensive it was to get into space. Until now, rockets have been designed only to be used once. So every time the Americans or the Russians or anyone else went to space, they had to build a brand new rocket all over again if they wanted to explore space even more and go on more missions. In 1981, however, this all changed when what was known as the Space Shuttle was invented. 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, go for main engine start, main engine start, 2, 1, booster ignition, 
and liftoff of the Space Shuttle Discovery, returning to the space station, paving the way for future missions beyond. This incredible piece of equipment, designed by NASA, was basically a really, really, really fancy plane with two huge fuel tanks strapped to the side of it. These massive fuel tanks would be used to propel the space shuttle all the way up into space. When they left the Earth's atmosphere and reached space, the two massive fuel tanks would detach from the shuttle and parachute back to Earth. One minute, 47 seconds into the flight, 22 miles in altitude, 18 miles downrange, traveling 2,600 miles an hour, standing by for solid rocket booster separation. Solid rocket booster separation confirmed. Guidance now converging. Discovery's onboard computers commanding the main engine nozzles to swivel, aiming the shuttle for its precise target in space for main engine cutoff. Then, once the space shuttle was finished with its mission, it would re-enter the Earth's atmosphere and fly back to base, where it would land just like a plane. Clever guys, them lads at NASA. Bob clearing up the shuttle's nose for landing in. Houston Atlantis, wheel stop. Roger, wheel stop Atlantis. That was a picture perfect end to a top fuel mission to the space station. Everybody, welcome back to Earth. We'll meet you on page 5-3, the entry checklist. Unfortunately, however, in 1986, the world got a shocking reminder of how dangerous space travel can be sometimes. Just after takeoff, the space shuttle Challenger exploded due to a failure with the fuel system. All seven astronauts on board died. Again, in 2003, tragedy struck when NASA's Space Shuttle Columbia broke apart when re-entering the Earth's atmosphere, killing seven crew members on board. These two incidents served as a reminder as to how dangerous space travel can be and how brave the women and men who explore space really are. Thankfully, very important lessons were learned from these tragedies, which will hopefully prevent similar things happening again in the future. NASA, which by the way stands for the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, continue to make amazing technological developments with rockets, and they most certainly aren't afraid to dream big. They're currently designing and building space shuttles that will be able to bring astronauts to large asteroids within the next 10 years. And they plan to land humans on Mars in the 2030s. This news is so exciting because it means we're going to be alive to witness it. Just like when people back in 1969 got to see man walk on the moon for the first time, we will get to witness man walk on Mars for the very first time. Who knows, maybe one of you listening right now might be the first person ever to set foot on Mars. I don't know about you, but I definitely can't wait until that day arrives. If you would like to learn more about some of the incredible plans NASA have for future missions, or even to watch rockets being launched live, you and your parents can visit nasa.gov, nasa.gov, where you'll find loads of amazing pictures, games, and facts, all about the amazing world of outer space.
Okay, well, that's almost all we have time for today on Into Space. But before we finish, I think it's time for some amazing space facts that you can tell all your friends and help spread the word about how amazing space is. There is no sound in space. That's right, nothing at all. Sound needs air to travel through. And because there is no air in space, there is no sound. Because space has no air, it is known as a vacuum. Astronauts can only hear stuff in space because there is air inside their space shuttles and spacesuits. All the planets inside our solar system could fit inside Jupiter. Yep, Jupiter is absolutely humongous and is sometimes known as the giant of the solar system. Light from the sun takes eight minutes to reach the Earth. Because the sun is so far away and light can only travel at a certain speed, when you see the sun in the sky, you're basically looking into the past. The solar system was formed 4.6 billion years ago. Our solar system has eight planets. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus and Neptune. However, this used to be nine planets. The ninth planet was called Pluto. But a few years ago, scientists decided that it was just too small to be classified as a planet. And so came to the decision that the solar system only had eight main planets. Okay, well, unfortunately, that really is all we have time for today on the show. Remember to tell all your friends and family about all the cool stuff you learned about space today. And tune in next week for another incredible journey into space. Into space on T or TE Radio.
Anything could happen, anything could 